Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. I'm your host, Dan Hoppen, and today I'm so excited because I get to tell you about a place that I didn't even know about until a few months ago, and then all of a sudden, I had like three or four people that I really, really trust within one week were telling me about this place, and like, you gotta go visit it, you gotta go visit it, and when I have something like that happen, I go and visit. I need to figure out what's going on here, so I stopped in, and I came back Probably, I think it's like a seven week days, later. Yeah, <laughs> because Friday Friday. <laughs> because I just had to try more of this food. And the restaurant that I'm talking about today is La Poblanita. And today I have the owner and the cook, Indelicio Penaloza. Indy, welcome to the show. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Dan. It's nice to meet you. I love your setting. And, you know, hi, how's everybody doing? <laughs> so something we got to start off with right off the bat is you at 22 years old, are one of the youngest people that I have had on the podcast, and yet you co-own a restaurant. And from what I can tell, and we can go into this more, you do a lot of the cooking, if not most of the cooking there. At that age, I was playing like four-hour games of Call of Duty <laughs> Zombies with my college roommates and like was yeah. barely able to get myself out of bed every morning. Like <laughs> That is so incredibly impressive. I don't even have a question. I just want to lay it out there that... You are amazing. Thank right you. off the bat. I um well, I got the restaurant when I was 19 as my 20th birthday present. Uh me and my mom have been doing foods for quite a while, you know. I was in high school, middle school learning how to prep meats. And so over the last few years, you know, I had studied different types of meats, uh cutting techniques, even the shape of the knives, what knives fit me better, what knives fit her better, and just kind of be uh different when it comes to cooking and prepping skills and so there was a lot of good jobs that i've passed up on because we were doing catering in our catering we've been into 18 different cities we dominated the entire midwest when it comes to mexican food we've done anywhere between a dozen people up to 700 we'd love to go up higher but unfortunately not everybody wants to pay for 700 meals you know and uh, so forth so we just kind of evolved into a different audience and Eventually, we settled down and we found the restaurant. We love the area. Um, and, you know, it's something we love to do. So I work there 365, 24-7. I'm there with my mom. My mom is my teacher. So everything that she does, I evolve to. Um, I don't take anything away from our authenticity. I just add on to it to enhance it. So I like keeping it that way. That way it's a Hispanic style. It's truly authentic. And we just add a 
an extra twist. You know, we put our egos to the side and we evolve our cultured foods into the next generation. And that's kind of the goal and keeping the place at such a young age. Uh, I sacrifice a lot, but it's for the people that are not able to. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really nice thing to have when my friends bring their kids and they're excited to eat tacos. Like it's nice seeing not only the younger generation and the people somewhat our age, but also the older people. Those are the people I love getting critiqued by because they have been here for so long. They know what they like. Um, they're from the motherland. You know, I'm fortunately enough to live here, but I wasn't born in Mexico like my mother or my father or my family. So for me to make sure that they're taken care of on this side, even though they're so far away from home, it's peaceful. You know, that's why we try to make our restaurant a little bit more comfy, too. That way everybody feels at peace when you eat. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best feeling in the world. You know, I feel, I feel like I'm at home when I'm cooking, and that's the best thing. And when I'm listening to my music, nothing else matters. So I definitely want to dive more into your relationship with your mom, the catering side of things, how the restaurant got started. I want to get to all of that. Yeah. But first off, let's just, if somebody's listening to this and they're hearing about La Poblanita for the first time, I want to provide kind of an introduction. And Omaha is, especially South Omaha, is an area that is rich with great Mexican restaurants. When you look at La Poblanita, what do you think you guys do that's a little bit different or what is your unique selling point do you think over some of those other spots i think we have a new envision um and the way i've explained it to people is in the 22 years that i've been alive and the many many more years everybody else has been there i've personally have never seen a mexican restaurant with the audience that we have in terms of that i mean on social media in person on hand, at the actual location, the environment. There is no other place, in my personal opinion, that I've seen with that kind of atmosphere. When you walk in and you truly feel invited as this is your friend's house and they just said, oh, we're cooking you. What do you want for dinner? It's one of those kind of vibes where I tell everybody, you know what? We are very growing on our social media. I take all of our pictures. It's something I studied Um, When I was in high school, I studied art. So for me, I'm no longer painting pictures. I'm painting plates. And that's the way I put it out. So it takes me two extra minutes to cook your food properly, which I think is very important. And it takes me two extra seconds to make everything look pretty. Uh, The first bite you take is with your eyes. And I will stand by that 100%. Oh, it's yes. The second thing thing is you kind of smell the aromas of the foods. And uh, it's the satisfaction you get after taking one bite and continuing because it's a consistency flavor you're getting. And it grows and grows and grows. And when you pick up a homemade tortilla, when you're dipping your chips in our salsa, or you're having one of our agua frescas or even one of our bottled sodas, it's one of those things where it's just the environment that makes you feel more welcomed. And so you keep on growing more and more and more. A nice thing that we do, I take a lot of pride in our quality of work. And I take a lot of our pride in the persistence of how we expose our pictures. So I'm pretty sure you've checked out our social media. um, especially twice. (laughs) Especially on our Instagram. Um, I like being very active with all of our followers and our people that are active in our community. So one thing I like to do is I like to post when we're doing our oil changes for our fryers. It's a lot of importancy that people see that we're maintaining clean. Um, Also, when we're cutting up fresh vegetables or we're prepping meats or we're cooking stews or caldos or 
uh, even making homemade tortillas. You know, I like posting that thing. That way people see, wow, they're actually home making the food. It's actually homemade. And uh, even when we're renovating or we're doing something else different, it's nice that people can actually not only participate in some events, but also understand behind the scenes of restaurants sometimes. You know, not everybody gets to see how burgers are made or uh, how things are getting prepped. So it's nice to invite our community into our kitchen without them actually physically being in our kitchen. Well, yeah, that that's what I think makes what you do on social media and Instagram in particular so cool is you kind of, you make it less of a restaurant, more of an experience because exactly. people come in and, and they they have an idea of what's going on inside the kitchen and they, they understand more of the restaurant rather than just, okay, here's here's a steak taco. Yeah. It's I've seen that steak be cooked on social media. I've seen that tortilla be hand pressed. Yeah. I've, I've seen these vegetables be cut. Like I think that that's special. And I mean, I, I love so many of the South O Mexican restaurants, but not many of them do a great job on social media. And, no. and, and, and I know that they're super busy. Like I know social media takes a lot of time. Believe me, I spend hours on it every week, <laughs> but I do think that it's kind of a mess and I love how you put the time and intentionality into creating a relationship between your restaurant La Poblanita and the customer before they even enter. And that's, it's very nice to do that because for example, if someone, I never know who's eating my food and I always say that I'm non-biased on it because I never pay attention to it. If someone orders food and they don't give us a name and they give us a phone number I'm not Google. I don't know who's behind the phone number. Uh, it could be for Warren Buffett or it can be for my aunt. I'll never know. Um, so if it's a to-go order, if it's a dine-in order, you know, we usually we do our best to cook our foods because we always want to do our best, regardless of who's on the other side of the table or who's sitting in the chair. The thing that matters most to us is the plate of the food. Now, behind it, the plate of the food becomes the customer service. Behind the customer service comes the clean environment. So we always focus on the quality of our food being first. Um, second to that, you're always going to eat no matter what. If you take it here to go dine in, eat outside in your car or whatever, the food speaks up volume for ourselves when we're not able to talk. Um, our customer service is second just because, you know, it's not hard to say, hey, how's your day? How are you doing? Are you guys good? Do you guys need anything else? Cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. Check us out on social media. It's an environmental thing where you're welcoming and you're inviting more people. Apart from that, I love eating at places where I know the food's good, they treat me well, and it's clean. I love having clean environments. Mm -hmm. Now, I used to work on cars, for example, and my hands weren't clean, clean to eat food, but it was always nice to know where I would eat would always be nice and clean. Now, since we are a South Omaha community, we do have a lot of construction workers that are from the South Omaha community. Now, they might not be the cleanest people walking into a restaurant, but it's at least clean for them to feel comfortable enough to eat it. No matter what work environment they are being involved in, we have painters that sometimes come in and they're a little dirty from their paint or their regular jobs or even construction workers or mechanics. You know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Now, even though they might leave a little bit of a mess, which is OK, it's nice to know that they feel comfortable enough to eat inside, that it's cleaner than how they are in their uniforms, you know? So it's always a perspective on that. I take the perspective of the consumer and also the consultant just because I was curious on, hey, man, how do they do that, you know? Or what, what's that? 
So for me, because I studied art, because I studied photography and I've learned how to take pictures, I kind of take it, the picture as if I'm the person that's actually buying it from you guys. And I'm also the one that takes a picture of how I present it. Because every single way, the consistency will always stay, whether you are eating the food in here to go. Those same pictures, they're not just for social media. That's how you actually get your food. It's the satisfaction of customers that I love to see because it doesn't hurt to take care of your community. Mm-hmm. It literally takes no time at all. It's effort. I know how you talked about being hours on social media. Well, I have to organize our bills i have to pay all our bills i have to go buy everything for restock i have to prep everything i have to do social media i have to clean i have to make sure everything's up to date i have to go get the new equipment i have to do a lot of stuff now for everybody else that's a three four five man job for me it's just me and my mother (laughs) and uh, i i won't disappoint her so i'm very close with my mother and if that's something you would like to get into you're more than welcome to Let's do it right now because cool. when I first started talking to you on on social media and our relationship started to form, you described La Pobolita as a mama and me restaurant. Yeah. And kind of from what I understand, and, and feel free to correct me, but she is te- she's taking all the recipes, all the knowledge that she has gained over the years. She's passing that on to you. Yeah. You're bringing that to the people now, and you're trying to take that to the next generation as well. What is that dynamic like, working so closely with your mom? (laughs) Um, So my mom uh, was very deceptive on who she invites to the kitchen. Now, for me, we started it off. uh, There was always a thing where how you were talking about how, how much hard work it takes to run a business like that. Now, for the Hispanic community, and I will say this because I did mention up our uh, labor workers, is a lot of them, they don't do social media. A lot of them, they're like how we mentioned the South Omaha community. They're not super active on it. They might have good food, but yeah, there's a lack in social media. A lot of them have great food. Yeah, Yeah. and to be clear, it's um, for one, they just don't understand it. And I remember how we were talking about my age. Well, my age people, we understand it, and I'm very professionalism when it comes to certain things. So. If I'm able to get mouth to mouth and also social media, I basically got it all covered. Now, does that hurt me? No. Am I able to take care of somebody else? Of course. I don't know whose grandma's eating at my restaurant. They might have got invited by their nephew. Their nephew might be my friend or someone that saw me on social media. Would that grandma ever know about our restaurant if she's only eating at certain places? Probably not. But because they see we sell authentic, true homemade foods, they will understand like hey mom you know we he sells menudo he sells pozole over there let's let's go eat over there hispanics have a very hard taste so they know what they like because that's what they grew up eating now the relationship with my mother she really never invited me to the kitchen i kind of forced myself in there and she's very (laughs) tough because she's been cooking for 30 years now there is a thing where if you teach somebody something it either sticks or it doesn't now with her she's very 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 particular on how she does things when we were kids she didn't even teach me how to cook eggs she watched me burn them till i learned how to cook them and then if she liked the way i cooked them then she would show me how to cook them better but if i never learned she wouldn't show me because it's the hardship that she had with her so i remember i was prepping meats and i wouldn't do so much as i do now But that's just because her confidence level in me wasn't to the point where it's at now. 
she always said, if you want to learn how to flip a tortilla, you're going to burn your hand doing it. If you want to learn how to change the oil, you're going to get down and get dirty to clean out the frying oil. If you're going to want to cut the meat, you have to learn how to pick up the meat, pick out the meat, prep the meat, season the meat, cook the meat, and stay in the heat when you're cooking it. Um, she, We always joke around, and I say she has eyes of an eagle because she spots out everything. Now she managed to train my eyes to spot out everything. So when you're cooking, for example, like carne asada, um, and you're cooking quite a bit, just so you can get a uh, variety of meat to get in a tray, uh, there is so much smoke that pops up from it. Now, my eyes are trained to see my eyes in the smoke. So when we're cooking and we're flipping, I'm able to see exactly where my hands are at and how much food I'm picking up. So for her, our relationship has always been pretty solid. Um, she was a single woman and a single mother, basically. Uh, she worked at my uncle's restaurant for about 10 years. She left we started our catering business. We grew from that. We were up to the point where we hit our 17th city. We were getting catering contracts three or four times a week. Um, I was losing sleep. She was too. There was a point when I was working for my first car in the summer of my junior year. I was from 3.30 to 10.30 at a grocery store from 10.30 to 11 driving uh, to go get an outfit ready from 11 to 6, 7, 8 or 9 a.m., in the morning at a dishwasher, learning how to wash dishes properly, learning how to clean um, busing tables and helping cooking at a certain restaurant. And then from 9 to 10, I'd take a nap. I'd wake up, go with my mom. We'd hustle burritos, tacos, brats, uh, carne asadas, tortas, mole, different types of plates at construction companies. So we'd go to the construction sites downtown when they were getting built about six, seven years ago. And we would sell foods there. And I remember we got up to the point where they kicked out all their vendors to have us there. Oh, they're yeah. like, if, if it's not them, we don't want you guys. But no, we have this. And they're like, God, we don't care. We, we're loyal to them. And from there, you know, it slowly expanded. And I've always had a soft spot to my construction or my labors, people that are working out in the heat or people that are working inside but that are physically hands-on. I've always had a soft spot for them because I know what it's like to be in their position and I know how hard certain tasks can be and how limited you are when you eat. So when we see them, we like to take care of them because I know they're limited on time because those are the people that are building our futures for us to eventually go and sit down, like, for example, this uh, this building, right? So it's really nice to take care of the people that are helping us getting taken care of, in a sense. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a cycle in the community. So... With me and my mom, after burning my hands an insane amount of times, after uh, cutting, uh, accidentally cutting myself a few times to learn how to do things after being in the heat and taking the heat, I, we eventually uh, broke past and not having our egos to the side, you know, not bickering over whose is this or whose is that. So we ended up doing our presentations of what is the best format for certain things. Uh, whether that's flipping a tortilla one or two seconds too early or if it's cooking a torta one or two seconds too late. So it was one of those things where if I wanted something marinated a certain way and she wanted it marinated another way, we'd taste it out. I said, put the eagles to the side. This is a representation of La Poblanita. This is us. Even though the concept is between me and you, um, the, the people out there will never know exactly who cooked this meal. 
And that's how we wanted to have it. We didn't want to have mine's too overpowering or yours is less. I wanted the best version of us together going forward. Now, there is a lot of uh, franchises out there in the world. Um, there's a lot of smaller businesses, one one locations. There's also a lot of mom and pops locations. This one's a little different. This is a mommy and me. And that's the way I've always told people I cook here with my mother. And the way I present it is I've had to go through so much hard stuff with my mom in my life to the point where we're at today. I don't worry about it anymore, but it's something that I never took for granted. I learned the struggles of going through stuff with my mother. And so the way I've always put it is if I'm presenting you a plate of food, it has to be up to my standard because the way I put it, it's if I'm serving my last meal to my mom and I can't disappoint her because she's the one that taught me everything. So for that perspective, I have customers understand like, oh, wow, he really does care about what comes to eat to us, how everything's prepped. Um, it's a big thing for me because I'm getting taught of it and it's the last generational thing. So her generation is up there. Minds are about the last kids that people her age had. So for me, I would love to make sure that this food still exists in 50 years. Um, now, is there people that are in their 50s now that are no longer here? Yeah. Is there food that has died out? Yeah. It's nice to know that when it gets passed on to me, basically passing on the torch, as sort of say, um, it's nice to know that even though everything goes away, I won't be franchised. Um, I'll still have homemade meals. You know, when people's grandmas and grandpas are no longer here, those homemade tamales, the real good tamales, they're gone. The menudos, they're gone. The pozoles, they're gone. Uh, meats will always be available, but actual traditional, traditional, traditional food, it's gone. Nobody makes a mole like my mom does. That's gone too, if I don't keep it. And I remember someone always told me, they're like, well, what happens if you die? And the way I tell people is, if I die, I die doing something I love. Now, can you say the same? And most people stay quiet because it's one of those things where I've learned to do what I do every single day, not as a job, not as a career, but as a lifestyle, something I can adjust to, something that I can show my kids one day when they were born or something that I feel comfortable enough to help out my friends in whatever situation's going on. Not to profit, but to make their lifestyle better, better decisions, better food uh, habits, better uh, vegetables. I went crazy researching vegetables and actually handpicking them out and actually growing them. So I could tell you a good bell pepper from a bad one. I could tell you a healthy lettuce from a bad one. Uh, tomatoes, all that stuff I take into accountability when I go out and shop for the restaurant, just because it's one of those things where nobody takes the time and effort to do that. And uh, it gets done right here at La Poblanita. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics, and it's 100% source verified by where food comes from incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. 
Place your order today on Piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now, back to my guest. I think that first question that I asked you, what what separates La Poplanita, what makes you special? And I'm not saying that this doesn't apply to other restaurants, but I think it's something that definitely makes yours stand out, Yeah, is what you just talked about, is that you're obviously thinking about food as you're cooking and everything, but you are thinking about so much else. You're thinking about carrying on a legacy of your mom. You're thinking about carrying on dishes that might disappear if you don't take up that mantle. You're thinking about how do I empower the next generation? How do I pass this on to my kids who aren't even born yet? I mean, you're 22. I wasn't even thinking about (laughs) children at that age. And I think that is... it's a cliche to say that like the secret ingredient in food is love or whatever, but I, there's something to maybe passion is a better word and that you, you care more about just than you know, getting stuff out the counter and getting it onto someone's plate. You're really trying to give them an experience and something special and something that's going to be lasting even beyond your time. Exactly. And it's, um, first impressions matter so much. Um, it's one of those things where I'm able to have the confidence in doing that. I know how you mentioned my kids. They're not born yet. I don't even know if I met the the mother of my kids yet. I don't know yet. Um, but I've always told people, even at my mind in my day and age, I've always said my kids come first. And the reason why dad, technically me, works so hard is for my kids because I know what it was like uh, to not have my mom around as much as I wanted to, and time was a big thing. And when she worked at my uncle's restaurant, my cousin, he's a year younger than me, and then I have a prima, which is my uh, cousin that's a girl. She is about six years older than me. I saw how they were raised, and I saw that money was a big conflict because they would award bad behavior. They Those kids really didn't grow up on love. So for me, I kind of took that into consideration and said, wow, I really don't want that for my child because I don't care if I work 50 hours or 130 hours. I still want some time with my kid. I don't want them feeling so left out or why I'm working all the time. You know, I grew up having examples of certain lifestyles that came from family members that were like that. And, uh, well, every child deserves love in the world. And, when I mentioned, you know, my kid, my friends bring their kids and their kids are happy. Kids don't lie. Kids will tell you you're ugly. Mm-hmm. You are, uh, I don't like your clothes. Blue's ugly, whatever. Kids are very honest. Every child's very honest. So when I see their kids actually happy and they're eating food, it, it brings a, a warmth to my heart because it's like, that's what I do it for. If I'm not able to do it for everybody that's here and now, at least I can do it for the future. And I enjoy my presence. And that's why we call it a present because it's the present day. Uh, and the way I've always told people, it, it is a big factor because at the end of the day, it's a pressure, but it's a pressure that I'm used to. I love it. I'm carrying this tradition that should never die, in my opinion. If my child chooses to eventually learn it, I'm more than welcome to teach it. I've gotten the best teacher in hands, which is my mother, and I refuse to let her down. And I know her. She's going to want to teach my children whether they want to or not, <laughs> um, even if it's to cook an egg. Um, I've always told customers, if you ordered scrambled eggs with your chilaquiles, there's a good chance I'll make you the softest scrambled egg you've ever had. And it's an experience where, like I said, that all matters. Um, 
we always get asked, you know, do you sell pints of certain foods or gallons of certain things? And I've always said no. Uh, people have offered us quite a bit of money for our mole in pints, our salsa roja or salsa verde in pints. I've always said I'm not interested in my foods like that, to sell them like that. It's just not my character. Uh, it is to somebody else, but it's it doesn't matter to me. I, I don't want to just here's what's on the counter, take it or leave it or whatever. I've never been like that. It's more of if I can split that pint into 15 satisfied customers when they're eating food, that it's free on, uh, how do you call that? Complimentary. Uh, the first chips and the first red and green salsa, they're complimentary. Anything extra should be charged extra. Um, and so it's, I've always said that if I have to start selling things like that, I just won't do this anymore. It's not, it's not me. Uh, it, money's a big factor for everybody. I personally just want to be happy. That's that's the way I've always put it. Uh, some people do and don't like that as a business perspective. I personally have always told people, I said, man, if, if you're too worried about my happiness, you should really focus on yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always just been a nice, calm, happy family man and family oriented. So I want to take care of what's mine. And then I've also want to help people out in every situation that I can. So we've been at this for about half an hour now, and we have had a fantastic discussion (laughs) so far, but I want to laser in on a couple food items because I think that (laughs) there's just things that we need to talk about at this place. And and I think what's kind of cool is the two items that I really want to talk about, we've already kind of tangentially (laughs) gotten to them. And the first one is the Fuego Tacos. And I bring that up because you talked about you know, being able to, you studied photography and yeah. being able to take great pictures. That that dish <laughs> and the pictures that you post on Instagram of that dish, I would bet that that gets 20%, if not 20 to 30% <laughs> of your first-time customers in the door because it is such a visually arresting plate of food. No. <laughs> so tell me about these Fuego tacos. They are incredibly popular. Tell people why they need to come down to La Poblanita tomorrow and order 25 of them immediately. So Fuego, um, the word Fuego in Latin means slang for fire. Now, I'm not able to say profanity in my restaurant. It's, it's not me, <laughs> but they are fire um, as heck, as I <laughs> say, right? Uh, for the word fuego. The word fuego, I listen to a lot of uh, Hispanic music and a lot of Latin music. And from those genres, it's a genre called reggaeton. So reggaeton has a million artists that have the word fuego each and in a lot of their songs. That's music I listen to on the daily. Now, people call those tacos, they're called birra tacos. People call them quesa birra tacos, or there's a few other names. None of those words are featured in no songs that are Latin (laughs) or Hispanic. Now, that's something I listen to every day. So if you see me dancing and jamming in the kitchen, just, you know, just know your food's coming out with that same energy. And I've always told people that. So the big difference on our Fuego tacos is, for one, it's our birra. Our birra meat is cooked different because it is prepped different. I'm not allowed to get too much into detail. Just know it is very well taken care of. It is a very juicy and tender um, chuck. Uh, and it, it comes out so sweet to the lips. It literally hugs as you're taking every bite. Now, the difference between ours and everybody else's is, is we add a little secret sauce to it. 
so we get more of a sunburst color in your tortilla. I've always been a big rock and roll fan. Um, I grew up listening to rock and roll and country and a lot of Hispanic music. I take the inspiration from uh, Guns N' Roses, especially uh, Slash's Gibson, his guitar, the sunburst guitar for the Les Paul. So for me, that was always my favorite guitar growing up. Uh, Aerosmith has one. And so it's one of those things where, like, that tortilla reminds me of the soul that's stuck in that guitar because it speaks volume for every little string that gets pulled is every piece of cheese that gets pulled out of your mouth when you're taking a bite. And it's the soul that speaks for it. So we use one tortilla. A lot of places use two. I can give you the same satisfaction, if not higher, on just that single one than everybody does in the two. Now, we prepare very particularly. So every bite you take, you'll get in a cheesy effect. Whether you're going for a long string of cheese or a short string of cheese, it is very, very satisfying. I've always told people the way to enhance that is if you wanted to squeeze a little bit of lime inside the Fuego taco. If you squeeze a little bit of lime in Fuego taco, the lime and the cheese, they become best friends. <laughs> For me, best friends are like tacos de asada with an ocha, una agua de ochata, rice cinnamon water. Those are best friends for everybody. So imagine doing that with just out the drink, just the lime and the taco, right? So when you do that, it, it talks to the cheese. I don't know what it does to the cheese. It talks to the cheese, and you get even a juicier, tenderest bite to it. Some more satisfaction. I know everybody's seen YouTube videos on food. Everybody has a satisfaction taste to it. That ends up being a big part to it. Now, if you want to enhance that, you get the consomme, which is the natural broth. We call it the secret sauce because you can grab your tacos, whether you're going to dip them or not, dip it into the consomme, take it out. You'll have kind of a small leakage coming out of the Fuego taco, and you're just like, wow, that looks really good. You take a bite, you're fingers start to change an orangey red color to it um you're <laughs> you're kind of leaking juice on your plate and you're just like oh my god i, I get to eat more of these I, I ordered two less or too many um people are always very satisfied with our fuego tacos we add onions and cilantro everything's picked small so you don't get these uncomfortable bites when you take into our lettuce or cilantro if that's your toppings um i've seen people order a side of guac and then slowly add a little bit of guac onto it I'm a big fan of trying everything because <laughs> like my stomach fits everything. <laughs> so I've always been a big fan of how Fuego tacos work. Um, we do Fuego tacos. We do Fuego quesadillas where instead of a corn tortilla, we do a big flour tortilla. And then we do a, a Fuego quesadilla XL. So those are very particular because we have an item that's very, very popular as much as the tacos are called the salad fries. Now, on our salad fries, we have a six cheese mega blend that nobody in the state uses because I know nobody has access to one of the cheeses. Um, that special cheese, I add it with five other cheeses and we put it inside our quesadilla. So for all our flour tortilla fanboys, <laughs> we uh, basically do kind of an upgraded version of the taco, but in a flour tortilla. Now, flour tortilla holds the juices a little bit different. So in order for it to be more stable, that's when the six cheese mega blend comes in and it adds such an aroma of flavor. Um, Fuego tacos are my favorite. Uh, we have people that come in on weekends trying to order them all the time. They're available Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. 
The reason why we keep them those days is because if we sold them on weekends, um, unfortunately, there wouldn't be an area to sit down in. <laughs> uh, there would be a line out the door every weekend. And I just want the best for my community. Uh, when we sell pozole and menudos on weekends, I like having the families that come in. I like having uh, the grandmas and grandpas that I take care after in my community. So I want to make sure they're as comfortable eating there. Um, on those two days that they usually have free and kind of let everybody else, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's fair. Now, the, the Fuego Tacos, they might not be available on the weekend, so you might have to, like, create a little bit more time in your lunch schedule to, yeah. to get down. It's totally worth it. Yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> worth it. And I wish everyone that you could see the way that Indy just described these tacos. Like, he three or four times during that description just closed his eyes and was just, like, smiling. <laughs> and and that is the perfect response. And, I mean, they're very, very popular. I think I saw on Instagram you guys sold over 700 of them so on we, Cinco de Mayo. We, uh, we did a special on Cinco de Mayo. I always do a special on Valentine's Day because I love tacos. I love sharing that love with everybody. So I always try to give everybody the best price possible. On Cinco de Mayo, we made a advertising because the Battle of Puebla, which is the part of Mexico my mother's from, um, took a lot, big part into Cinco de Mayo. It's just the reason why we celebrate Cinco de Mayo is the victory over the uh, French invasion, the France invasion sent by Napoleon III. Uh, basically, they had 2,000 soldiers. Not sure if they were going to make it out alive or not, but they went to fight against the French, and they won. They won. It, the battle literally took uh, about six hours, I think. And in honor of those 2,000 people that were sent to fight, uh, we put a $2 price tag on our Fuego Tacos. They're at $3.25 right now, but for single to mile, we had them at $2. Uh, I also invited a guest so they could come out and sell fruits and churro cheesecake bites and stuff like that. Eventually, we'll reinvite that person back out so everybody can kind of get an, an enjoyment of all of our Hispanic cultured foods. On single to mile, before we opened up, I had a line of 30 people out the door from the door up to the third or fourth parking space, which was insane. And it didn't stop. We had up to a two hour wait time um, and we sold more than 700 Fuego tacos. And that was an insane day. We had to close early because our wait times were too long and it was just so much people. Um, we unfortunately missed a lot of phone calls. And that just tells us, you know, we need a bigger place. We need more space to do all that. We missed over 130 phone calls. Wow. Because uh, we, we couldn't get to it. We just had to take care of the line. And the line took so much. And there was so many orders. Um, it speaks volume on the taco. It always speaks volume on the taco. Um, I know there's a lot of similarities in certain tacos that people make around town. But I've never seen anyone lower the price on them. And for me, I'm not greedy with what we got. I love sharing that with our, our environment, our community. So if I'm able to introduce you the best thing you'll have for your day or if that's the best version of that taco and I'm able to lower the price on it to give everybody the satisfaction, someone might be having a hard time at work. Somebody might have not made a lot of money this week. Food's very expensive now. I'd fill you up for less than $10 on Tigna Mile. Everybody takes it. You're supporting a Hispanic business on Tigna Mile. It's amazing. Truly blessings. Mm -hmm. Can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. on the Fuego taco the other food item that i wanted to talk about you mentioned the mole yeah. and you knew i was gonna bring this up because <laughs> I, I, have, it too. <laughs> I have raved about this dish it is one of the best things that i've eaten so far this year i i mean I, i'm not gonna lie i'm not a mole expert i've had it three or four times in my life so i'm not gonna come on here and say i've had i've studied moles for the last yeah. eight years <laughs> and i've tried x amount but this was fantastic Thank and you. you told me it has 
39 ingredients. Yes. Requires 38 hours to prep and cook. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go as in-depth or as little in-depth as you want, but how does this just wonderful dish come together? So this dish is originated from Puebla, Mexico, in which I've let people know that's where my mother's from. Uh, my mother grew up telling me different stories of how they eventually created that dish. Now, for one example, uh, the queen was visiting Puebla, Mexico at one certain time. And she said, if I don't have something unique that I've never tried, I'm going to attack this town or I'm going to attack this village. So a group of nuns created and threw in a bunch of herbs and different different nuts and chiles and cooked it and Eventually, they didn't know what to cook it with. So they got the chickens that were at the church, and they cooked the chickens. Eventually, that's how they said mole came to be about. Now, there's a lot of historical backgrounds or little fantasy stories, but that's the one my mother grew up on. And she said the way her mom was showing her was how they treated the church. Now, obviously, nobody wants to disrespect the church. So you have to treat mole the way we treat the people, which is with love and care. And you have to represent it as if it's for the church, you know. And so that was kind of her big thing with that. Eventually, when she showed me how everything was made, you know, there's certain ingredients that we get flown in from Mexico to make that. Um, sometimes we do sell a lot of mole. <laughs> it is very popular. Um, we used to, it used to last so long. We make about five gallons at a time. It doesn't last as much as it used to. <laughs> so we get a few customers that unfortunately get a little upset, but we always try to let people know, like, it's fresh. That's why. Um, we're always constantly making chicken, a lot of chicken. Right now there's a chicken shortage worldwide because of the disease that killed a lot of chickens. But we are doing our best to keep up with demand. Um, basically, our mole, you start off with a foundation of a base of about 20-something ingredients. Once those are perfectly cooked, you leave them for a cooling period. Now, the reason why you leave everything for a cooling period, as, for example, our homemade tortillas, is if you mess with it right after it's hot and ready, it's too hot and ready, where you can't mix. Um, for example, if I'm cooking a steak, I don't give you the steak. As soon as it's off the grill, because you're going to let it rest. You got to let it rest. Mm -hmm. Same thing with this. Now, because you're missing with too many compounds in terms of the food, some of those foods have a little bit of oils in them or they're cooked with oils. No, those oils are still hot. For example, we use almonds in there. Now, the almonds, they're still extremely hot. So if I put them in to blend right away, it's going to mess up my blender or it's going to shoot like little bullets. Um, especially when you're cooking them, they pop off. They, those in the seeds pop off, and it's a, it's a fun experience learning how to cook them for the first time. But those are some things we leave in a pan to rest. And once we have everything kind of mixed up in together, uh, we let it sit for a few hours. Uh, we come back the next morning, and then we eventually get started on the blending process. And my mom doesn't like starting her day off without her milk or her bread. So she'll, she'll, I have this picture I post all the time where how mole is made. <laughs> it's my mom drinking her little milk. And uh, it's right before we get to the blending process. Once we're at the blending process, the, our big pot, it's already pre-cooking some of our stuff. Uh, usually we like to leave the chocolate to last. Our mole is sweet there's a lot of places that make it spicy i've always said one or two things about spicy food if the food in itself or and or toppings if the food in itself 
is good without it, you add it to enhance it. Now, if it's not and it needs it, it's not good base food at all. And the way I've always said it is I will give you a taco, for example. I will give you a taco with just, just the meat. No onions, no cilantro, no limes, no nothing. You take a bite of that taco and you tell me, damn, that's a good taco. You want to add everything else onto it? Wow, that's even a better taco. Great. But if I have to add all of that for you to say, that's a good taco, that's not a good taco. That's a, I have to hide, I have to cover right. things. You know, this isn't makeup. I'm not using makeup on my food. I let it speak for itself. It's natural beauty of it. Um, and that's how we use kind of our mole in a sense. It, our chicken, it's natural. It's just chicken. People think it's some crazy kind of chicken or it's a, it's a fancy chicken. It's not. It's just the way it's cooked. It's so soft. I know for you, for reference, when you picked at it and you pulled it, it was very soft, very tender, very juicy, had a lot of flavor. It should be like that. It's supposed to be natural chicken. That's how we let our mole speak. Um, our mole comes out to be sweet just because the chocolate ends up being sweet. I've never met a bitter chocolate. Bitter chocolate doesn't sound fun to me, right? <laughs> um, that's how our foods are. Ends up becoming a sweet thing because it has so much ingredients, so many compounds. It literally takes the chicken and says, hey, you're my dancing partner. The meat, the pork, the lamb, uh, the seafood can all dance with the mole, but the mole doesn't pick them as they pick that. The mole picks the chicken and says, I want you. What a you, beautiful metaphor. Right? I want you to dance with me. Nothing else matters. doesn't matter the format of the chicken. We've tried it with uh, chicken breasts. We've tried it with boneless chicken thighs on our personal things, on our personal cookouts. We've had um, mole tacos, which I'm not allowed to talk about. But <laughs> <laughs> that's it, it's something where that's our homemade food from our motherland. Nebraska is known for steaks that were known for corn were known for cattle um like for example the corn huskers right for our football teams now for puebla mole is a big thing for us that's what we're known for so when our mole says hey chicken i want to dance with you and the chicken says okay let's dance can i bring everybody else all forms of chicken yeah you're invited i've had mole with fried chicken and i will say Tastes pretty good. <laughs> um, I can imagine. It's it's a very unique thing. And that's why people always ask us to buy pints of our mole mm -hmm. because they want to experiment. Now, it's nice, but the experiment isn't like that for everybody. So we have to limit on what we do with those certain things. And it's nice to know we have that. So it's chicken, man. I, I love food. <laughs> well, and, and to be clear, you mentioned the mole taco that you're not supposed to talk about. Yeah. When... When someone comes into La Poblanita and gets the chicken mole, yeah. it comes with four tortillas. fresh corn tortillas. Yeah. So you can make your own you chicken mole own, yeah. tacos. So you can make that does exist. does exist. So no one can complain to you about it all because they can make their own, and that's exactly. perfect. Well, we've been in the works of doing something very incredible with one of her items and something that's never been released to the world. Um, is this the VIP taco? It is. <laughs> I saw this on an old Instagram post. You said a new taco is arriving to the world, hopefully sometime this year. The one of one, the verified Indelicio Penaloza taco, taco <laughs> VIP, which is just, I mean, that's genius. It's, it's, it's so I don't know. My name. I don't know how much you want to tease out about that. Maybe you're not allowed to say anything and it's um, under lock and key, <laughs> but I had to ask. Yeah. So 
with me and her, we, uh, I've always told her, I said, I want to redo certain things. I love following my traditions and my roots, but I also want to grow my own. There's things in the world that have never been invented or have seen the light of day. I know for sure for this one, I've researched it. I've looked everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I called it a VIP taco because it's one of those things where you get the concept of it. The way I will tell you, and we mentioned my kids earlier, even though they're not born yet. Um, my kids, they will have all names that start with the V. Uh, their middle initials will be with an I, and their last name will be my last name, which is Penaloza. For example, my they'll son. They'll all be VIPs. They'll yeah. all be VIPs. Very, very good. So I hope to have three kids because there's three letters in the word VIP, and it's a. I have the neck tattoo on me, so it's a V and the texted three. So it's the the VIP thing. Um, for me, that taco means the world to me because it's the one of one. It's the one and only one that will exist. I, I know for sure I won't be able to keep up with demand, so I probably will limit that taco to one day only. Um, and in tacos in Mexico, in my motherland, there is bigger tortillas. And I hope to do that with this one. I hope to have it just a little bit bigger. Um, I will say I have been messing around with some meats, and I can say there will be a possibility that there is a two uh, blends of a meats. It will be the first, first tortilla that I've ever seen the way it's cooked. Um, that, I promise you, I've never seen anything like it. There's somewhat similarities to it, but let's just say my favorite color is green. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that's the only thing I can say on the tortilla. Um, and people can come out with a million different things. I've always said I'm here to inspire, to uh, imagine, and also to understand my culture. You don't take anything to the next level by taking away from it. You actually make it to the next level by understanding it and adding on to it. I don't want to take anything away from my traditions. I want to add on to it. That's how you grow your own certain roots. The tree will only get as big as you let it grow, but the branch will never stop growing. Um, and I've told my mom about that. We made it uh, this two months after we opened. It was in December. Uh, it was actually Christmas Eve I made it. The month after we opened, Christmas Eve. And me and her joke around about it because she was like, I didn't know you had that one in the books. <laughs> and I told her, yeah. So uh, as much as the VIP taco, I would love to talk about it. I just don't know how we're going to control that because I know when you bring something out of the light, out of my out of my back pocket, and you show it light, it will have too much light. And <laughs> so um, especially being the one of one, there is nothing like it at all. I've searched every social media to find something like it. I can't. So we started this conversation talking out, talking a lot about how special it is for you to take your mom's cooking and what you've learned from her and how she taught you by doing, and you want to pass that on to the next generation. You want to take these traditional dishes and make sure that they survive. Yeah. In that way... Like so, so much of your cooking has to do with with history and and things that have come before. So, how special is it for you to create this taco to create something new? Maybe something that you know a hundred years somebody else will be talking yeah. about, and it's been passed down for two or three generations. What does that mean to you? I'm gonna say it in Spanish, and then I'll translate it in English. Es un orgullo que tengo. 
it's a very prideful thing I have. Um, it, it means the world to me because when my dad was in and out of my life, the one thing he always would do was he would have his own garden outside. Now, in his garden, he grew chiles, which would be like jalapenos, chiles serranos, which are extremely spicy. Um, he'd grow our bell peppers, sometimes pumpkin, sometimes watermelons. So I grew up eating a little bit of a spice to it. Um, this taco means the world to me because it is the one of one. It, and that's the way to put it. There is only one Daniel Hoppin, by the way. <laughs> there is only one Indalicia Penaloza. Thank goodness. I don't know if the You're world could handle <laughs> more of me. It'd be um, a bad thing. It, it'd be a nice thing to have more Daniels in the world because, you know, who doesn't love uh, positivity and having great characters and companionships as Daniel is? He's spread so much positivity oh. in his community. So I'm very thankful to get to know Daniel and have people like him in my life where it means something to me that you actually care enough to ask me certain things that are actually impactful in my life and this conversation will always hold in my head and it will stay forever as long as we both shall live um the way i've always said it (laughs) the way i've always said it is i've messed around with that taco and i've had different versions of that taco the fuego taco it's on version five of it i've cooked it four different versions and the version five is the way i've wanted to keep it at the VIP taco, I've messed around with it about seven times, and I'm still not satisfied. But that's just because I have a higher project for myself, for my image, for my kids. Um, it's like creating the perfect child. I don't know what to say. I, there, there's no way, unless it's with time, that you actually make something better of it. And the way I've told my mom is, I asked her, I said, when you were little, what did you used to look up to? And she said, I used to look up to the stars and always wondered, you know, how everything, the environment, the energy is controlled. And how, you know, one day maybe I wouldn't be looking up. I would actually be somewhere else looking at something different or looking at you guys, right? And I said, well, when you were over there, for the amount of time you were over there, and when my family visits over there, I always have conversations with them. I said, have you ever seen something like this? I've not. And my uncle, he has, uh, he has, he's very prideful of me. He says, wow, I'm, in my 50-some years of life, and his wife is 60-some years, and they both tell me, he said, I've never seen anything like it. And not in our time, not in your time, not in the next time. There is nothing like it. Uh, I know the birra taco, which is what we call fuego tacos here, um, it gets a bit of commodity from different people. We have different meats being now made from it. I'm not sure if you noticed, but a lot of people are starting to attack the beef cheek. Uh, people are going after the beef cheek. The shete. They, yeah. That is, those are my cultured stuff food. So I have to hold that up to a key so far higher than what everybody else does. I always have to be the standpoint above and beyond the standard, the superior, not as in, it's better than everything, but it's the best version that I make. It's my superior version of it. This taco will be the only one that exists like that. And no one else can come touch to it. Now, it might inspire some other people to make something similar like that. And if that's the case, I have about 20-something else tacos that are <laughs> that are like that. Me and my mom, in combined of us, we have over 500 foods we've never shown the public. Um, wow. Which is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I, I can cook you different styles of everything, and it's all still called traditional Mexican food. Uh, we do have certain things that we would love to explode into the environment, into our communities. We just we know we can't keep up with it. We know we can't do that. 
and I don't want to be overworked and not sleep because that's not healthy. I don't want my mother overworked and stressed out because that's not healthy. Um, I choose happiness all the time, and some people understand it and some people don't. I've always said if it's going to kill me, I don't want to do it because I have a life worth living. And if that's taking care of my community, that's that's great. That's fine. I love doing that. But I also do like to breathe sometimes on my own because in order for me to get certain creations out of my head, I have to make certain sacrifices right. out of my head. Um, and I've always told my mom that. And she's happy. We're happy. If the day comes to where we're no longer doing the restaurant, we'll probably do catering and we'll probably get a food truck. And I know everybody wants Fuego tacos on weekends. <laughs> so I told her we could, we could sell them on weekends and mostly just be me. I have a certain character to myself as a cook, as a chef. Um, I said I carry a passion beyond the plate. You have to match my energy. It's very, very rare that you can do that. Very, very rare. Me and my mom, we're the same side. We're two sides of the same coin. And that's the way I've always said it. I said if you want to have that same sense of creativity, you have to have the same passion I have for my food. In order for you to have the same passion, you have to have the same quality for our food. You have to have the same quality. You have to have the same confidence and consistency in our food. And if you can do that, try matching my speed and all that in one turn. Very hard to do. Mm -hmm. Now, we are up against the clock, unfortunately, yeah. which this has just been a fantastic conversation. I feel like we could talk for hours. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, we are operating in a studio. We got to give it to somebody else. But yeah. But before we go... I have to, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire or anything on this because like you said, you're still working through variations of this, but is there any kind of, uh, to like, well, no, just any kind of expected arrival dates of this VIP taco, or is it just still so nebulous (laughs) that we don't even want to touch that right now? Yesterday was my first day sleeping nine hours. (laughs) 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 So, uh. Unfortunately, there is no date. Okay. Um, I would love to bring it close to the fall once we get a hand on our catering things. But it's one of those things where I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm not sure what day I want to sell it. I know I do want to have it available at least once a week. Is that going to be possible? Probably not because I I changed a tortilla is what I'm going to say. And there is no other tortilla like it because we're actually making it. Mm-hmm. Our tortillas are homemade, so we're adding on to another homemade tortilla. So it adds something different. It might be one of those things where it's available once a month or maybe biweekly, but we at least like to have something different to us. We're home of the Fuego Tacos. We're home of our mole poblano. We're home of our poblanita fries. I would love to have something else mm-hmm. under my belt where no one else has. Well, that's where I'd love to end this conversation. Just encouraging people like whenever this taco, <laughs> whenever this taco comes out, I'm super excited for it. I'm fascinated. I can't wait to, Thank you. to, to see it and learn more. <laughs> but in the meantime, and even if you can't come in on a day when this taco is available or it sells out or whatever happens, there's so much good stuff at La Poblita. I've thoroughly enjoyed every dish I've had and we haven't even talked about those. And I haven't even scratched the surface on all the things that you guys offer. Get the mole, get the fuego taco. Just an asada (laughs) taco is tremendous. You mentioned the beef cheek. So rich, so just luscious. It is (laughs) wonderful. So there there are a lot of reasons to visit La Poblanita, and I think anyone who's listened to this conversation has heard just the passion, the love, and the care in your voice, and it comes out in your food. Indy, thank you so much for taking the time today. 
appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, love to see from you guys soon. You know, we're on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok, too. And we're also on Instagram, at La Poblanita Omaha. So I will be very active with all of our stuff as long as we can. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Go follow those accounts, people. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. Take care, guys. Thank you. Ahura Media Production.